Well, hey there, friends and neighbors. Welcome back to installment number two of the second season of the 3880 podcast. This is Jason Hager here, and we're working together with the amazing folks at the Meeks Mountain Trail Alliance to provide a series of runner profiles for upcoming Hurricane 100K trail race run and relay coming up in September 2022. This event features a $7,500, yes, $7,500 prize purse. That's $1,500 for first place male and female, $750 for second place male and female, and $375 for third place male and female. And top co-ed female and male relay teams also get a $750 split between the three runners. Now the Hurricane 100K is sponsored by the City of Hurricane with our presenting sponsor, Little Caesars Pizza. Now, in this new episode, Matt Young plays host again to talk with runner, racer, and coach Caleb Bowen. Caleb's a 28-year-old Hurricane native and currently the assistant cross-country and track coach at Marshall University in Huntington, West Virginia. And again, he's a local guy. He's from our little corner of the world right here in Hurricane. So sit back, relax, or maybe go out for a run while you listen to this conversation with Caleb Bowen. everybody hey welcome to the meeks mountain trail alliance an introduction to the hurricane 100k my name is matt young i'm here with caleb bowen about to have a conversation and um, man we're so excited to have you here caleb i'm going to do a little bit of introduction we're going to have a conversation and talk about the 100k so caleb bowen he is 28 years old he's the assistant cross country and track coach at marshall university he lives in huntington west virginia but he is originally from great town of Hurricane, West Virginia. In fact, mm-hmm. walking off camera, he knows these trails, has run up on these hills uh, in his high school career, went to high, Hurricane High School and Marshall University. Some of his accomplishments are he's a two-time Render River champion. He is a three-time Canal Trace 50K champion. He was the first West Virginian at the Boston Marathon in 2019. He has PRs in the marathon at 232, the 50K of a 357. 40-mile PR at 501, 50-mile 655, and the 100-miler 1537.05. And he and I are about to set the world record for a hair differential. (laughs) Never before has there been somebody with less hair and more hair on a Zoom call together. And so, but I got to tell you, you know, like when your hair is down and underneath the hat, People can really see how much you've got. And it's pretty impressive. So I've got some hair envy, but I want you to know, Caleb, that um, I haven't always been like this. In fact, I would tell you that this is this is really kind of more of a choice um, because for my running, I like to be aerodynamic. So I should. And and also, you know, in the summertime, it keeps me a whole lot cooler. And so just to prove that I know a lot of people aren't going to believe it because they haven't seen me with hair. But I'm going to I want to share a picture with you and see if you can see this. Um, but can you, can, can you, <laughs> so, My. so once upon a time I had a lot of hair, um, just like you and I just found it to be way too hot and it just kept me, you know, weighed me down while I was running. So, um, kind of away from that and decided not to do it anymore, but yeah. Uh, anyways, so it gets hot. Yeah, you, and you know who this you know who this is, right? 
Oh yeah. <laughs> so I have to tell you that I am a, um, uh, see if I can get rid of this now too. I have a, um, an alter ego that is Napoleon dynamite. So exactly. I think it's a, uh, I think it's a good thing. So anyway, just wanted to share that with you too. So it's when I was in high school, I actually dressed up like Napoleon dynamite for uh, geek day, my senior year of high school. And my girlfriend at the time dressed up like Deb and it's the greatest thing ever. because we, we nailed it. Do you have pictures of that somewhere? I have pictures on my Facebook, and I even did the Napoleon Dynamite dance during the guy cheerleading at Homecoming Week. Oh, like, dude, that's awesome! It was it was great. Like that's awesome. Yeah, definitely the best. I mean, probably the best geek day of my like career, which I I won three times in a row, which is pretty good. But yeah, well, we've we've got we've got some more things in common then. If I mean, I always say, look, I'm a moron. I love that movie. It's my, <laughs> one of my all time favorite movies, along with Nacho Libre, to kind of give you an idea yes. of who you're dealing with here. And mm-hmm. really got into it. I can quote both of those movies all day long. We might find a chance to do that. Here we need to, yeah. So I've got a, I told you um, we got into this. I have a little story I wanted to share with you. So um, this year I was at, at Rimba River and working an aid station. So it was at Long Point Aid Station. And it's at mile 45 and mile 70. Mm-hmm. So my family and I were there for the weekend and we all went to do this. And so... We got there a little bit early because I wanted to walk them out Long Point and, and so they could see that view and then come back and, and get started. And lo and behold, on our way out there, before we even got to the A station, again, our shift was 12 to, to 4, 12 to 5. Here you come, first runner through. And so we saw you before. It was like, you know, 11, 11.30 or so, I think, by the time you came through there, definitely before noon. And saw you go on. And so that was mile 45. And then so we go to, and we're doing our work at the A station. My wife's checking people in. My daughter is filling up water bottles. I'm back there burning quesadillas left and right. You know, it took yeah. me to get that down and just having a good time and working in A station. If you've never done it, and I'm sure that you have, it's really it, it's a lot of fun watching the runners come through. And you kind of learn a lot about transitions, what people do right, do wrong. We're going to talk about that some um, as part of our training for the 100K, too. But we're just having a great time. I'm back there burning quesadillas, man. I look up, and there you are again. <laughs> I mean, it seemed like we had just gotten there, but it was 3 o'clock, and you were back at mile 70 and right at nine hours. It yeah. absolutely yeah. blew my mind. It was like here we are. I thought time had just slipped by and you're coming back at mile 70. Did you have in, in nine hours, did you have any idea that you would be on that kind of pace that day? I mean, how are you feeling at that point? Well, um, so at that point I was feeling pretty good, but I was, I was starting to feel it. So did I, I had no plan like a certain time or, or anything like that. My only thing that I was thinking about at that time was I got to put as much distance on Dan Green as possible. <laughs> yeah. I knew he wasn't far behind. Yeah. Right. And because we, we ran together for most of the first 50. And then I made a big move almost to the 50 mile marker. And I was hoping that that would break him. But I knew Dan, he's tough, he's strong. Like he's going to come back at some point. So, uh, you know, going up the uh, Station Hill and everything else, I was just throwing everything I had just to get a bigger gap on him. And, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was so fun because it was a race. You know, some, sometimes these ultras, you don't, you're not really into, like, the competitive side. It's all about the time. But I think we both, like, threw our watches out the window. We were just trying to beat each other. 
because we had a really friendly competitive relationship and you know we smack talk each other all the time and we're we're good friends but you know we want to be each other too so yeah and i know like for this coming year he's going to be you know he's going to be giving everything he has because he's going to try to win so yeah at that point uh that's all, all i was thinking of and i actually one thing else i remember thinking of at the time was i lost my uh disposable or reusable cup Mm. Yeah, I think I even left it in the car. So I never had it the entire day. Oh, and thankfully, your aid station was super nice. And they gave me a cup to eat my ramen and chicken noodle soup and whatever. Yeah, yeah. So very thankful for that. That was uh, much appreciated. Oh, dude, absolutely. You know, they, they did have some of those cups. It was a coupless race, but there were some cups stashed. Yeah, I was hoping it would be. I was... I was giving the people too, because you can't look a runner comes through. They don't have a cup. What do you want to do? I'm sorry. You know, yeah. you, have the, you have the next one. So uh, for sure. But Dan, you're right. He was right on your tail. And so, you know, you did the 70 miles in about nine hours. You finished in 15. But those those last 30 miles, that's where the pain was. Right. Yes. So after the Arrowhead aid station, which is the next one, that's the, really the Arrowhead section was the worst part. Because it's a long section from Long Point to Arrowhead. I think it's like almost eight miles mm-hmm. without an aid station. And those trails are mountain biking trails. So they're constantly turning, going up and down. And nothing too crazy hilly or anything, but it's like you get worn down from it. And uh, I remember my stomach was kind of turning at that point. I was really looking forward to eating something hot and you know, maybe like mashed potatoes or something. And I, I so I went straight to the restroom when we got out to the aid station, come back out, go to the aid station. And unfortunately, like, I guess we caught, we, we were running a little too fast because they were, they didn't have everything ready yet. And you know, <laughs> they, they, did a, they did a great job. They had tater tots, which they were fine, but I was a little disappointed with what they had. And all of a sudden, Dan Green comes out of the woods and I'm like, that got it. <laughs> maybe it's like, but then you have to uh, run now, man. I was like, we got to go, we got to go. So the whole next couple of miles, which is like down that really big hill, uh, I was thinking he's going to blow past me. But like every mile that he didn't pass me, I was like, well, maybe he's he's, he's going to be there somewhere, but maybe he's a little bit farther than I think. And then I finally got my head back, like went down to the Canard Aid Station. And then from then on, it was like game on. Like if he if he gets on me, we're going to race. We're going to give everything I have. But uh yeah, every race you run, you have those certain times where you don't think you can do it, and you kind of just have to push through. And you know, if they pass you, they pass you, but you just got to figure out a way to keep going. Yeah, so. and and really, the last, um, you know, once you 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 kind of go down that trail and you get over to Canard, and then that last aid station, man, it it, it gets hard from there too. You got to climb back yeah. out of the gorge, and then it just rolls up in that ace property. And that that's a hard one to finish that race, isn't it? It is, and that's where it gets dark too. Yeah. Like the, the sunset between the Canard and the Erskine Aid Station. So, like mile 78 to 84, five, five, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. So, that's when you're turning your lights on, and all of a sudden you're running slower because you can't see as well. And then, yeah, you go up, you cross Arbuckle Creek and you go straight up a really big hill. And then you're kind of sneaking your way around the, the resort. And it's kind of funny to look at the map because it's all over the place. Oh, but yeah. uh, you, you like you don't know that you're passing a lot of the same stuff that's like right there in the middle until you look at at the map. But yeah, I mean it was a, it was a fun day though. Um, 
just fun. And like, I'm super proud of Dan because that was his very first 100-mile race. You know, I at least had some experience from the previous year. So he gave it all he got, and, you know, we, I gave it all I got. And, but, you know, it all worked out. But, I mean, his first one being a debut, his debut being 15-52, like, that's pretty darn impressive. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, I ended up going back and working Contra Rim that night from about – Oh, yeah. So five in the morning, dude, I missed you there because you were three hours before I even showed up. Um, now I just missed Holly Ann. So I saw the fifth place runner, but it gives you an idea how much room there was out, out front between you and those others. Only 15 minutes when you and Dan at the yeah. end of this thing. So, you know, the year before the very first race, um, you know, you were in 18 hours, a little over 18 hours. What mm-hmm. happened in one year that you take three hours off that? Was it, I mean, I'll, Say that there's nothing like experience as a teacher. Yeah, had experience with the course, but it, it's more than that. What else was going on? There's a lot of things that go into that. I mean, experience is definitely the biggest one out of all. You know, your body gets not really used to it, but it knows what to expect by that, that point. You, know, you go through the feelings of you know feeling like your body is dissolving into acid throughout mile seven or <laughs> hundred. So it it kind of becomes callous to that and. You know, I did a, I think I did a pretty good job of playing my races to kind of get better at the longer stuff. So we ran a 50 mile race in May and then I ran a couple 50 Ks and we, we did a really good job of training. Me and Holly and we did a really good job of training, like doing a lot more long runs. The mileage was a lot higher than it was the previous year, which helps. Um, but a lot, another thing that made it faster was the, how cool it was this year. I mean, it is a perfect, like, it was 28 in the morning. They got up to like, you know, low 50s and then went back down. So the year before, it was in the like 70s. And they're 100 miles. That's a hot race for November, at least. Um, so I was sweating a lot more the previous year in 2020. Um, I was drinking a lot more because I was sweating so much. And I think that like that plays a big role in why I was so much faster as well. And then just having somebody to race against too, because like the previous year, I ran with Holland for like 17 miles. And then after that, we I took off and didn't want to see a single soul the rest of the day. Like I was totally content with not seeing anybody. Well, and then and, and the uh, next closest runner was two hours behind you, too. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't know that, but I was hoping that was the case. So uh, you know, it, it, that's just a different style of treat like racing. Um that I liked I like running like that. But uh it was just it was totally different having somebody on my tail pushing me. Because, like, I, I had no – even, like, with, like, a, two miles ago, I wasn't sure if I was going to win. Because every time I looked back, there was a light, you know, probably a cabin light or a street light. Yeah, yeah. But for, in my mind, that was Dan Green coming. So, like, I was scared <laughs> to death the whole day. And uh, and that's the way it should be. When you're racing and you're up front, you should be scared. You should be trying to just get to the finish line first. So, Well, that, that the most of us don't – you know, we can't identify with that. But, you know, to be up front with that kind of – but I tell you, it's, um, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing in the way that you do that, too. But also, I mean, you could have been seeing things, too. People do that all the time. In the I could have been hallucinating. Yeah. That's, imagining, that's hallucinating. So, so yeah. let's talk. I mean, so the 100K that we have here, it's a little different, you know. I mean, we've got – it's a 10-mile, six-loop course, and it's going to be right on that 62 miles. So you're going to be seeing people all day. In fact, you are – you're going to be lapping people most likely because our cutoff is 18 hours. There'll be people that take every last bit of that 
Yeah. That's going to be somewhere in, in half of that time. So you're going to be lapping some people too, but you also can have a chance to run with some friends. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you've got some really competitive runners in this and you and mm-hmm. Dan and Alex and who else, you know, that shows up Holly Ann throwing in there too. Have you all, yeah. cause you're all signed up. You're all ready to go for the race. Have you talked about how you're going to handle this? You're going to try and, you know, be friends for the first 40 miles and then run each other into the dirt after that or break them from the start. What's going on? I can't, I can't tell you what I'm going to do because I, I can't give away my secret, you know, <laughs> there's a lot on the line with this one, not only yeah. like the, the money and the, you know, winning and stuff, but like, this is a, this is a personal pride thing. Cause you know, Hurricane's my hometown. This is, this right. is home. So we got to defend the turf as best we can. And yeah, you know, Dan and Alex are definitely probably better runners than me. So it's going to be, it's going to be gritty. It's going to be, be one of those where it's going to be really tough to win and yeah i don't know if i can or not but we're going to give it a good good shot i I really don't know uh and to be honest i had to run the course a couple times to really get a good feel of what i should do and that's something that helped me with rim to river a lot too because me and holly ann and her husband chris we would go down the river gorge a couple times and you run run the trails and you know even though we've run there before we, we need to get a good feel of like what the loop's like so we'll be we'll definitely be doing that. Um, yeah. We can't do it on Memorial Day weekend, which is the uh, preview. We'll definitely do it later. Um, but you know, getting a good feel of the course. Uh, you know, when does it start? Because that, that also plays a good role as well. Six, 6 a.m. Okay. 6 a.m. start. Yeah. And September, we probably won't need lights. Oh, maybe we might for yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think so at the yeah. start. We'll we'll check that out, but. But at uh, 6 a.m. start of September 10th, it's going to be – because you're going to get hit right into the woods. It's all single track. Yeah. Caleb's okay, so. for those of you that may not know, is that, um, first of all, there's prize money for this. We've got $7,500, $1,500 for the first place, female and male, $750 for second, $375 for third. And then we also have a, um, a relay. And so we'll have $750 for the top co-ed, top male, and top female teams. So there is, there's some, there's some cashola on the line here. And so that, that's a good part of it too. And there's going to be a lot of people signed up probably throughout the summer. And when they see that, like on ultra side up, they're like, whoa, okay, we'll, we'll click that one. And uh, that's why I'm really excited to see more and more people come on because it's, it's going to happen. There's going to be a lot of really people. So it's not, it's not just me, Dan, Alex, me and Holly. And it's going to be a whole array of people we don't know. And that's going to be really fun. Because I think our group, because we're, we're all Huntington-based. I mean, yeah, from Hurricane, but we all live in Huntington. So we're going to defend Hurricane as much as we can. That's that's in, the, that's in our area. You know, we're that's our West Virginia uh, turf. And we don't yeah. want anybody from out of state to win this thing <laughs> at all. You know, any race in West Virginia, we have made it clear that we don't want any out-of-staters winning. You know, will it happen eventually? Yeah, but we don't want it to happen. So we're going to right. do everything we can to not let happen. So we want to let the outsiders know we want them here. They're welcome here. Want them here. The challenge has a fight on their hands, right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, West Virginia gets knocked around for a lot of things, and um, but you know, I I grew up in this area. I went to school in Kentucky, lived in New York, and I moved back Mm -hmm. in 2006. I never thought that I would. I never thought that I wanted to. Now that I'm here again, you could not drag me away. Exactly. Yeah. People that that um, you know that especially for our young people that that leave for other reasons or they want to go other places for, you know, other opportunities. But look, if, if, if there's something about it that you don't like, then stay and do something about it, man. Stay exactly. in, 
contribute. And that's, you know, for our trails here, for a lot of people that don't know, I mean, the trail's been built over the past three years and it's all been volunteer community effort. And we have over 20 miles of single track trail that, you know, are, we put up against really kind of any other trails out there that um, are for mountain bikers, they're for hikers, they're for runners. And on any given day, like, especially in the height of the season, we'll have over 350 people up there. We've, we've tracked oh, yeah. before too. So it gets a, it gets a ton of use. So we're excited to bring people in and let them see what West Virginia and our community has offered that they are, that they're welcome to or appreciated, man. We want them coming back and using our trails and enjoying our community. Cause it is, you know, as, as your home and my home now too, it, it's, it's a great place to be. The hurricane community is amazing. Like, I mean, I love the hunting community as well, but it is such a, it's a, Bigger, small town, but it, feel, it feels like, you know, not that everybody knows each other, but pretty much everybody does know each other, you know, you know, everything that's going on in the school, you know, everything that's going on at the park system and on the trails as well. And just the fact that, like, we were just talking about before it started, you know, if you volunteer over 100 hours on the trails, you get a trail name back. So all these people who have worked on the trails and put all their hard, uh, you know, work, their sweat, their tears in it. You see them out, you see it not only them out there, but you see it their sign and you're running on their trail. And I think that makes it even more special. You're like, hey, this person cares so much about this trail system that they even have a trail on their own and they're going to keep it manicured as much as they can. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, you know, it is that the property is, has been donated by the Meeks family, um, but the mm-hmm. city leases it. And then MMTA, we operate it and build the trails. But really just to give a, a shout out to our mayor, Scott Edwards, too. You know, we talked about this race. They're the reason that we have the prize purse. They put up the $7,500. And so Hurricane's responsible for that. We have another fantastic presenting sponsor and Little Caesars that have stood around here, but they are embedded in their community. By the way, do you like pizza? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Little Caesars pizza at the finish line. And. You know, I don't know about you, but when I'm out running, there gets to be a point where all I think about is what I'm going to eat after this. Thing. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And so we'll, it, it's going to be a good finish, but they are, they're definitely investing in the community, investing in the city of Hurricane and in these trails. So that's a, that's a cool part of it as well. So we love to see all that. Um, so another question for you in this is, you know, you're, you're a cross country and track coach, which, you know, mm-hmm. always associate with shorter distances, which you've done. Now you've gone out to, you know, the long distance, but, you know, as, as a runner and doing these long distance events, we know that that fortifies your mind as part of this. What lessons do you share with your cross country runners, with your track and field runners that you've picked up from doing these long distance races? That's a good question. So, you know, in every cross country race, um, you're going to have external factors that are going to play a role in it. You know, if it's September or August, it's going to be likely hot and humid. You know, in the October, November season across country, you're going to see a, a mix of everything. But more than likely, it's going to be rainy, cold, maybe snowy at the end. So being prepared for anything and not letting the things that you can't control dictate your race, dictate how you perform. You know, it might, it might hurt what you can do time-wise, but then again, it doesn't really matter what time you're running across country. You know, it's all about just getting the best out of yourself, you know, running as hard as you can, getting to that finish line, hopefully placing well. Um, you know, we all want to have fast times. You know, that's obvious. But 
the fastest time is coming ever. It's a perfect 40 degrees on a manicured golf course. And, you know, you don't see that a whole lot uh, during cross-country season, maybe once or twice a season. So what I try to teach my kids, at least, is how to get that grit of, like, hey, no matter what happens, that I can't control the things that are out of my control. You know, weather, other competition, um, you know, other things, you, you can't control them, so why worry about them? You know, do what you can. You know, you can control what you eat, control what you drink, hydrating enough. You can control your attitude going into the race. You can control your training going into the race. And what I try to do is train the athletes to be able to handle anything. You know, I'll make my workouts as hard as I can so that way not only they're physically able to run well, but mentally they're able to overcome any obstacle that they have going into each race. And there's always a point in the race where it's not going to feel good at all. And you have to make a decision. Should I keep pressing? Should I keep pushing? Or should I lay back? And hopefully I'm helping these kids learn that you got to just keep pushing. And that's the same thing in ultras too. Like there's all, you always get like overcome with these uh, questions. Like, I don't know if I can finish like at mile 70, whatever. I was like, I don't know if I can keep this up, but if you just keep running and you fuel well, and you drink enough, you'll overcome that, you know, period of time where it doesn't feel that good and you'll you'll get back on on to the, the race that you, you want to have um then again you may lose you may get beat you might not run the time you want but i think all ultra runners uh, have dealt with obstacles and as long as they keep showing up that's the win you know like my dad he uh he had some temporary blindness uh corneal edemas he is still as thrilled as ever to start running these races again. He, he told my mom he wasn't going to do any more 100 miles, but then, like, I was like, Dad, you're definitely going to do one. Like, that's <laughs> you're lying to yourself, you're lying to her, like, you're going to do one. Um, and it, it's just he we're, we're in love with the sport, we love getting the most out of ourselves. And even though you have you may fail, you may have to drop out at a certain point, but don't let that influence your love for a sport and i know i kind of went on a tangent there but you know hopefully i'm teaching these kids how to love the sport how to overcome obstacles and just to not worry about things they can't control and all three of those come from ultra yeah. so and there is you know i mean i, I teach running classes and, and a lot of times it's just convincing these people that you know our american culture we spend it's like everything we do and everything our culture tells us is to make your life easier and more convenient mm-hmm. we do the exact opposite we make yep. her and it's certainly not convenient so we have this saying it's, and it's someone you've heard before but i just ask them to repeat it say i, I can do hard things and mm-hmm. they start to say that and then they realize it doesn't just apply to running it applies to everything else in life. And so when you bring your body under the discipline of your mind, it's amazing how that translates into other aspects of your life, which is every aspect they start to learn, man. And it's, and then when that light bulb goes off, they're like, what else can I do? Bring Mm -hmm. up stuff. And that's a cool thing to see. Yeah, definitely. So it kind of leads to the next question, man. I've got a, um, which is who's your running hero? See, I was thinking about that one. That, this is tough. This is tough. Because when I was in high school, my hero uh, was Ryan Hall. You know, he's uh, one of the best American uh, marathoners. Good Christian man. Like, he was just everything I wanted to be. It still, it still is. He, he's a great, great role model. 
But I was trying to think of something that was not the stereotypical, like Jim Walmsley, Ryan Hall, Galen Rupp. And it, it, guys like Bob Luther and Brandon Perry, those are my heroes. They are gritty as all get out. They love the sport. They were the, the original guys in the sport. You know, They're the ones that got us started. And you know, if you know Bob Luther, he's from Barsville. Um that guy is so stinking tough. And he's, I think he's a Marine or Army or he's some type of armed forces, but he just brings this like aura of like, hey, I don't care how fast I'm going around this, but I'm going to give it all I got. Even if it requires me to throw up, and I'm still going to finish this race. Like that type of attitude. And then Brandon Perry, because he's from the Cross Lanes area, so he gets run loose all the time, KSF and all that. But he lost, he, he started running to lose weight. And just his story about how he was able to transform himself into becoming this great runner that, you know, is very competitive, goes all these races, and he runs, he's running U-Rock in like a month. He's just inspiring, and he just does it because he loves it. And just that type of love, even though he may not be winning too many races or anything like that, that's more inspiring to me than you know, just being able to run fast. Because he's overcome so many obstacles to get where he's at now. And same with Bob Luther, too. Yeah, uh, Bob actually is a good friend of mine. I had lunch with him yesterday, as a matter of fact. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this just goes to prove he, he is, his brain works like nobody else's. But all those, he is, he's Army Special Forces, Army Ranger, and Green Beret. Now, you don't yeah. know that because he never talks about it, but that's nope. it. I mean, so like, don't cross him. You'll be in a ranger chokehold before you can, believe and that would be the end. So, but there is something physical ability for sure. But his his brain is wired so differently that the pain really just doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. It, it's a cool part of it too. So, man, this has been great. Thank you for the time. Appreciate you sharing your experiences, and so excited to have you running. I've been signed up for the first ever Hurricane Hundred K. Cannot wait to be out there to watch you guys race. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I, th this course is not, it's, it's about 1,400 feet of elevation change, but okay. there's nothing easy about it. It's all single track. It rolls probably not any more than 200 feet um, from in the biggest, you know, um, climb that you'll have. But it's it's going to be one that's kind of relentless. So I'm very curious to see what you guys do. I'm, I'm thinking in the nine-hour um actually cracking um, nine hours, between eight and nine hours. And I, I can't wait to see you come around and do it. We're going to be there cheering for you, having a command center. I think the way it's going to be set up is going to be really cool to have support there coming through and cheering you on. You'll see everybody five times, see the other runners out there. They get to see you all. So it'll be a great community event, Meeks Mountain Trail. So for those of you that aren't already signed up, <clears throat> you can find it on Ultra Sign Up. Meeks Mountain Trails. And so for the Meeks Mountain Trail organization, the first ever Hurricane 100K and our events team, which is made up of Ashley, Brandon, Hager, Stewarts, Vanessa, and Robert. We thank you all. Thank you, Caleb, for being here. And we'll see you next time. All right. See you, man.